Creative Babble. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey guys, it's me, Javier. The episode that I'm about to play you, well, I was not going to drop it here on the main feed. It was really just a bonus episode for my uh, Pretend Plus subscribers on Apple Podcasts and for my Patreon supporters. But I thought about this all weekend long. I have to play this episode. The world needs to hear Virginia's story because she is the reason why I've done this series for as long as I have. You know, I get a lot of flack on YouTube, social media. Every time I mention Frank Abagnale, they say, hey, why don't you leave the old man alone? Or the joke's on us. He fooled us. This is the long con. He's brilliant. Or I get this. You know, Javier, it's just a movie, right? And I get it. I get all that. But the people who are saying that haven't heard Virginia's story. She is the reason why this is so important. Frank Abagnale would go around in his early years doing speeches, kind of like he does today, but instead of, you know, selling books or movies or whatever, he would uh, contact some of the people attending these conferences and try to get them involved in some really risky investments. Investments that I have court records that he and his wife never repaid. This is a, a great story. I don't want to spoil it for you, so let's just play it. Picture this, a foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I have a bonus interview that I just recorded. It's with a, a lady who we're calling Virginia. And Frank Abagnale reportedly scammed her out of $20,000 back in the 80s, okay, which is worth a hell of a lot more money today. He hasn't repaid her, and she hasn't forgotten. Virginia Morris, who doesn't want me to use her real name, is a retired real estate agent from Houston, Texas. She's one of the many people who claim Frank Abagnale scammed her out of a lot of money. Virginia spent years suing Abagnale, trying to recover her money, but Abagnale basically ignored court summons and failed to appear in court. So Virginia did what anyone who lost more than $20,000 would do. She showed up at one of Frank Abagnale's speaking events to confront him. I somehow heard, maybe, I don't know how I heard, but that he was going to be speaking on uh, two bankers, uh, as I remember, in Houston, uh, in at a well-known hotel, and he was teaching how how to prevent uh, banks from detecting fraud. And so I went to that meeting, and it was a rather small group of people. It was easy for him to see me. And when he did, of course, you know, he kind of, I saw a little change in his expression. And then I made very sure that he didn't get out of that room without talking to me. What did he say when you when you went up to speak? To oh, him? he he said he was going to pay me. You know, it was always an ex- excuse. Um, I'm making a movie, and when I you know when I get that done, then I'll have plenty of money to pay. That well, the movie's been delayed, and so I can't do that. And on, you know, just always an excuse. And so after. After that, I just thought, you know what, this is not worth my effort. So, well, he, um, he continues so, to speak and get paid like twenty. Well, that's what I'm thinking. A speech, yeah. Yeah. So why? <laughs> I guess he's just that big a fraud, huh? One speech. He could just do one speech and just make yeah. good, right? Well, not really because the amount of interest that he owes you, right? Like, it, it, oh. it's not $20,000 anymore. Oh, no, goodness, no. Right. All right, to listen to the entire interview with Virginia, subscribe to Pretend Plus on Apple Podcasts or on Patreon. You can hear the whole thing. It is actually a fascinating story. Check it out. So... Recently, he got invited to speak at the ACFE conference, which is a a financial fraud conference. So the people out in in that conference are they're accountants, they're fraud investigators, insurance investigators, they're just people who investigate fraud for a living. Okay, and they invited Mm -hmm. him to go be their keynote speaker. And when they found out about Alan's book and about my podcast, they're like, wait a minute, we just booked a phony, you know, like we just booked. (laughs) And so what we should do is that we should, um, we should invite Javier to go speak after him. So, so basically he would go on stage and do his hour long speech, which is probably based on lies or research that he hasn't done. 
And then I would follow him up and tell his real story. And when he found out, oh. that, yeah, when he found out that I was doing that, he all of a sudden had a scheduling conflict. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, so now I took his keynote spot. Okay, I, I was just having a, like a little role there, but now I have his keynote spot. And I told the event organizers, I said, whatever you were planning on paying me. I want to donate that money to his victims, to the people that actually did not receive the money. Mm-hmm. And there, his ex-girlfriend, who recently just passed away like a couple of weeks ago, he left oh. her bankrupt. He left her oh. financially ruined. And she never really told anybody that story because it was embarrassing to her. Um, there's so many people, even though it might not be a lot of money that I'm going to get for this I, I think it's a symbolic gesture, you know, to, yeah. and you're included, by the way, I, if you accept it, oh. I would love to, <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's not a lot of money, but it, I, I think it, it speaks volumes to the fact that he goes around saying that he's donated money to the victims. And he oh, oh no, no, yeah. no, 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 he has not. So the way I heard about him was I was a realtor in Houston for a long time time and a high producer and and century 21 had um uh, yearly conferences huge ones um and then sometimes we just had houston but then we had keynote speaker was frank abbey now and so i went to that and of course we were all we were all just in awe, you know, and the very end, he said, and all of these debts and things that I've done have been paid in full. It was in the 80s when when this convention happened. I'm not sure yet. Um, anyway, um, so I was sitting fairly close to the front and it wasn't hard to get to the front to actually meet him and you know I told him how great it was to have him there with our convention doubled all up and he said hey give me your address and I'll send you a signed book and he did really fast but then he had my address and I probably gave him a card I can't remember if I did or not. But then he called sometime later, and I don't know that time frame, and said, hey, I just think that you might be interested in this investment program that uh, I have. And it it's, um, I don't know how he described it, but within a year it was going to return, you know, good um, return on the money invested and the more you can put into it, you know, the richer you're going to be, all that stuff. And so he actually came to my personal residence, my home in Houston. And, uh, well, I have access to that money over at the bank. I can, I, yeah, I can do that. And so he went with me, or I, he probably drove. We went to the bank, and I withdrew that money and and gave it to him there. It was a lot of money. It was. It was a lot of money. And I you know, 
I, I don't know exactly why I had that much available just with a walking in and signing something, but I did. And so, you know, I, I was fairly patient because it was going to be returned within a year. And then things, you know, in real estate got worse. I see, this was in the early 80s. And then it was about 88 that the market really went down. And um, I had bought a number of houses and the rent would pay make the payments on them. And so it was, it was getting tight, though, because, you know, some of them were vacant and I wouldn't rent to people just to be renting. I was very careful about who I'd rent to. And so I started contacting him and saying, you know, this is, this is really getting tight. I need that money. And, you know... I'm, I'm going to get it to you. I have a bunch of notes from him. So, but I finally decided, well, I'm going to just have, I have a promissory note. I'll just file suit, mm-hmm. and which I did. And I had addresses for him. So I did, and that's what's recorded. That's where Alan got my name. Um, and that never went anywhere. That, I mean... It finally expired. It was a long time, maybe 10 years or so. Yeah, I mean, I that, had letter after letter after letter telling him that, you know, the $20,000 plus almost $5,000 in interest, um, you know, and, and it keeps, you know, totaling 28000 29 and it's letter after letter after letter. And nothing, yeah. you just finally, it sounds like you just gave up. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. You know, for a while... He would write that he's going to be overseas doing this or that or something else. You know, it was just always an excuse. So, you know, that's just kind of the way it happened. You mm-hmm. better, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very careful these days well, well, <laughs> about sure everything. That's a hard lesson mm-hmm. to learn, you know. Well, it is. It's a very costly lesson to learn. It's it's crazy. I have 79 pages. I've just been scrolling while talking to you, just kind of refreshing mm-hmm. my memory. 79 pages of mostly just you asking for your money back in the lawsuit. Is this still something that bothers you? Well, of course. I'm a very conservative person, and losing money is, you know, it's a, it's a deal with me. But you can only spend so much time on something that's going nowhere, uh, or at least it does seem that way. Um, so I just, you know, I just gave up on that. You were f- far from the only person that he gave these bogus promissory notes to. I mean, we have well, other examples of people who have spent, you know, a lot of time and money and resources fighting this, you know, fighting to get mm-hmm. their money back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 sure that's true because I know, you know, it would be foolish to think that he wasn't doing this to every every person that that he could. 
you know, I don't know if you do this, but I do it every now and then. I go on YouTube and I see his videos, you know, especially the videos that I post kind of exposing him. Yeah. And people say, uh-huh. so what? So what? It's a good story, man. Like, leave the guy alone. You know, he's a good con oh. artist. He got away with it. And and that really bothers me because the so what are people like you, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you're the reason it why it's not a good thing, you know? That's true. You want to trust people. That's what, you know, we want to trust people. So you want to hear the latest, the latest scan? What is the latest? Yes, I want to hear the latest. (laughs) And I just found out about this this morning. So I told you, I told you that, you know, I've been exposing him through my podcast. Alan has through his book and, and, and Abby's article in the New York Times. You would think. You would think after after all that that you would be like, all right, you know, maybe I should cool this thing down, you know, uh, maybe I should just uh, s- stop spreading these lies for a little while. Nope, he doubles down. Now he's on a um, a watch commercial. Okay, there's a video that I'm gonna send you. <laughs> it's a watch commercial where he goes around telling the same old lies about the pilot, doctor, lawyer thing. And how he's been working for the FBI. And he just doubles down. The guy has zero shame. He just keeps going. You mean he's using those same stories? Still. Well, people ask me, which one did I like? The pilot, the doctor, the lawyer? Absolutely the pilot. My life started out first as, how am I going to survive in the city? And how do I keep the people who are chasing me from catching me? I would see the pilots all wearing the same type of watch, and I was fascinated by that watch. And so I wanted the watch to be very unique and something that I can look at and remind me all the things that I've gone through since being 16 years old to where I am today. All of my life has been about time. Whether it's good time, bad time, being on time, everything I did was related to time. And that's why a watch like this is so important to me. Yes, he's. Uh, I'll send it to you. You'll just roll uh, your eyes. Your eyes will just keep spinning. Uh, because it's my like goodness. he won't give up. He won't give up the story. Yeah. Uh, he's, it's like playing a game of whack-a-mole. You know, <laughs> you try to expose the guy, and then he pops out of another hole telling a different lie. You know, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh. It's just unbelievable how people can lie. Here's a phrase of my dad, live and learn. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, once you've been through it, then you hope you never are that gullible again. So that's what I try. I try not, you know, to be so trusting, and that's a terrible thing in this world that we can't trust people. Yeah, but it's the truth. I mean, you got to be trusting, but... You know, always question everything, you know, because there's guys like Frank that that will smile to your face and and take your money, and you could sue yeah, them. Uh, you could sue them a hundred times, and you'll never get your money. So no, that's true. Well, I've been searching your name while while I, <laughs> while we've been talking. Yeah. 
<laughs> and, uh, and phone number. So um, anyway, it that's is right. You can't even you. trust me. Yeah, it's like that's the thing. No, you know? well, well, no, but I'm saying like that's smart. You see, that's how, he's almost made you a stronger person. You know, because now like I, oh yeah, like, I called you out of out of the blue, and so yes. you're telling me your story, but you're cautious and you're looking me up, making sure I'm I'm legit. Yeah, that's smart. That's very good. Yeah. I appreciate well, it. Well, okay. Okay, good. Okay, okay that's okay. great. Awesome. Well, right, well thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. And best of wishes to you. You too. Take care. Thank you for okay. your chat. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Creative Babble.